Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord wherever you are listening from. This is the Freedom Streams program brought to you by Freedom Experience Ministry. And I am Pastor Dennis Matov. I am taking you into this long teaching series that has got a lot of episodes. And uh, we are about to end the, the first season uh, whereby we have been talking about God. We are left with some few episodes and we shall continue with the second season whereby we are going to talk about Christ and we will continue the third season of the same message the same teaching series concerning the Holy Spirit but we have gone through several episodes and I know that if you have been following you are learning something that's going to change your life even your way of seeing things so our burden is to see that you change the way you live your Christian life into a subjective experience, a practical life, Christian life whereby you are living out Christ with this revelation applied in your day-to-day life. So we have been talking about the many aspects of when God has his work in the New Testament upon us the believers. We have seen several. And in this 22nd point, Oh, the 22nd aspect, we have we have many uh, points there and aspects of it. Because we are talking about God's work in calling us, giving us, justifying us, reconciling us, saving us, see, um, regenerating us, washing us, sanctifying us, and then glorifying us. We have seen most of them, and today I'm here to bring the last one which is glorifying believers and we shall proceed with another work of God so in his work in the new dispensation we are talking about now glorifying the believers God went on to do a work in the new dispensation work of glorifying the believers the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 verse 30 that whom he predestinated these also he also called and whom he called is he also justified and whom he justified these he also glorified so since glorification will occur in the future why does Paul use past tense and say glorified because we know as a matter of fact glorify glorification is the last state as like we are leaving earth going to go uh, in that rapture our bodies to be glorified and Paul is using the word glorified and glorification is mentioning it as if it is the past he says he has glorified he also glorified have you been glorified now although in our experience we have not been glorified Bible says that we have been glorified already. Everything mentioned in verse 30 of Romans 8 it has been accomplished as a fact. He has said whom he predestinated. So that is in past. Called. That is past. Justified. This past. And even glorified is in past. So the reason Paul speaks this way here is that although we are subject to time God is not subject to time. 
is the God of eternity. With him as the eternal God, there is no time. And therefore, in the sight of God, we have already glorified. Whereby, according to his concept, this has already been accomplished. Our glorification is secured. We are going to be glorified because we have been already glorified. Our glorification is secured and ensured in the eternal God himself. Glory to God. According to our experience, glorification will take place in the future. Although there might be some incidences of glory, God's glory upon us while we are still here on earth because when Jesus says, I believe that is that is in the book of, of, of John chapter chapter um, what chapter is that one? Chapter 12. Thereby he says that uh, those that serve him, God will honor and will glorify them. He will honor them. So, even Jesus said, glorify me the glory that I had because I have served you. It is that glory that God puts upon his ministers, his servants, the saints, because of what they have become achieved in God and the state they have come into. But the full glorification is going to be in the future. So, we have seen that according to God's concept, he has already accomplished glorification. A glorification is secured, is ensured in the eternal God himself. To our experience, glorification will take place in the future. And according to God's view, when you come to God's view, he says it has already occurred. He has glorified us. Now, with God, everything is timeless. He is not bound to time and is not in time. God is outside time. Time is in God. So, in His sight, our predestination, our calling, our justification, our glorification, our eternal matters, He has already settled them before time. So, according to Romans 5.2, the Bible says, for that reason, we boast in hope of the glory of God. In other words, we are hoping for a glory. and We are boasting. When you read Romans chapter 9, verse 23, it says that we are vessels of mercy, which he had, he had before prepared unto glory. So we are vessels of mercy. He has prepared us for unto glory. This glory will be the revelation of the coming kingdom in which we as sons of God shall participate. So in the coming kingdom, the millennium kingdom, we are going to be glorified. Romans chapter 8 verse 21. Praise the name of Jesus. Bible says, I'll read some verses for you to emphasize some things. Romans 8 Verses 21. Bible says uh, in Romans 8 21 that because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into a glorious liberty of the children of God. So God has called us into this glory. When you read First Thessalonians 
chapter 2 verses 2 Bible says verses 12 chapter 2 verses 12 he says that that you would walk worthy of God who has called you unto his kingdom and glory when you read second Thessalonians chapter 2 verses 14 the Bible says where unto he called you by our gospel the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ when you read first Peter chapter 5 verse 10 the Bible says that but the God of all grace who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus after that you have suffered a while make you perfect establish strengthen and settle you So these many scriptures they talk about the future glory. And we see that Christ himself is the hope of this glory that by the Bible says in Colossians 1:27 that Christ is in us the hope of glory. So this is which we are expecting and which we are waiting. We are waiting for this glory. We are expecting this glory. We shall share this glory. At the day of glorification the day of our glorification in Romans chapter 8 verses 30 does not say that we shall be put into glory rather verse indicates that we shall be glorified so as we have pointed out glory is the expression of god Christ the hope of glory has been sown into us as a seed of glory this is why we may reflect the glory of God even while we are still here on earth because this seed is growing it is going to grow until it reaches the stage of blossoming at uh, and at which time the glory will come out at even when we come to that time of blossoming we are carrying growing glory glory that is a glory that is growing within us praise the name of Jesus so For God to glorify us means that the glory that has been sown the seed into us saturates our whole being and is expressed through us glory to God and when our whole being has been permeated saturated with the element of God of the glory of God that glory will come out of us now this means that we are going to see some particles of this expression of the glory while here on earth but the bigger part and the fuller part is in the future so this is what it means for god to glorify us when we experience this glorification we shall be in the expression of god today we have believers ministers men of god are express, expressing the glory of god you see so we have considered so far nine aspects of God's work in relation to the believers he has done something up to nine aspects we have seen at the work in relation to believers number one was holding us number two forgiving us number three justifying us number four reconciling us number five receiving us number six is regenerating us seven is washing us eight is sanctifying us and lastly We have talked about glorifying us. We have been called, forgiven, justified, reconciled, received, 
generated and washed. All these are in the past. According to God, they are facts. We are being sanctified today and we are we shall be glorified in the future. So of all the works we have mentioned, there are some works that are still going on, like the work of sanctification. There is transformation so that there is, there is going to be confirmation to come to the glory. So the work of sanctification is still going on. We are being sanctified, but we shall be glorified. So all these matters are related to God's dispensing. So that's why he's taking us through these steps is that he is dispensing himself into us. So God is calling forgiveness, justification, reconciliation, receiving, regeneration, washing, sanctifying are for his dispensing of himself into us. So the final step is going to be glorification. And this is for the dispensation and the dispensing of God in full. So we need to see that all these aspects of God's work with respect to the believers are for the goal of his dispensing of himself into us. This is why in our ministry we are emphasizing the dispensing, the dispensing of God. In our ministry of the word we are doing one thing to dispense God in the believers. They may participate and even experience Christ. Praise the name of Jesus. So I want to continue the 23rd work of God. We have delayed enough on the 22nd because it had nine aspects. The 23rd, the 23rd work is sending forth the spirit of his son into the believer's heart. Praise the name of Jesus. So we see that after he has regenerated us, he sends his spirit, spirit of his son, to the believer's heart. And Galatians 4.6 says, Because you are sons, God sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So God, God's son is the embodiment of the divine life. When you read First John chapter 5 verses 12, it says that God has given us uh, his son his life and his life is in the son is the name of Jesus it says that he that has the son has life and he that has not the son of God has not life so the spirit of God is son is the spirit of life the bible talks about in Romans chapter 8 verse 2 the spirit of life so God gives us his spirit of life not because we are law keepers, no, but because we are his sons. As law keepers, we have we have no right to enjoy God's spirit of life because they don't work together. As sons of God, we have the position with the full right to participate in the spirit of God who has the bountiful supply of life. And such a spirit, the spirit of the son of God, the focus of the blessing of God's promise to Abraham as mentioned in Galatians 3.14. But when you come to Galatians 4 verse 6 through 6, you see that triune God is producing many sons, the fulfillment of 
his eternal purpose. So, God the Father sent forth God the Son to redeem us from the law so that we might receive a sonship. He also sent forth God the Spirit to impart his life into us so that we might become his sons in reality. Today, we are the sons of God in reality. And Galatians 4, 4 and 6 speaks of two kinds of sending. Verses 4 says that God has sent forth his son. And verses 6 says that God has sent forth a spirit of his son. These are two kinds of sending. And according to the promise that we read in Genesis 3.15, Bible says that Christ came under the law as the seed of the woman in order to redeem those who were under the law. They might receive sonship. So the goal of Christ's redemption, therefore, is sonship. He saves us, he redeems us, that we may become sons. And through his redemption, Christ has opened the way for us to possess God's sonship. They possess, and we are going to be sons forever. So, however, we see that if God had not sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, our sonship would be empty because if we don't have anything of the Son of God, we cannot be sons. So he sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts that we may be called sons. So it would be a sin to be a sonship in position or form, not a sonship in reality. Because if we don't have the Spirit of Jesus in us, the Spirit of his Son, then we only have uh, a position to be called sons in the form to be as sons but we don't have reality of sonship. So what brings the reality of sonship uh, it depends on life and maturity. It comes only by the spirit of God's son. So we see that the reality of sonship which depends on life and maturity comes only by the Spirit of God is Son. Glory to God. So, therefore we see Galatians 4.6 declaring that God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into our hearts. So we should not think that the Spirit of the Son is a person separate from the Son. If the Spirit of the Son is in our hearts, it means that Jesus Christ is in our lives. Actually, the spirit of the son is another form of the son. The one who was crucified was Christ. The one who enters into the believers is the spirit. In crucifixion, for our redemption, this one was Christ. But in, in the indwelling, in the indwelling to be our life is the spirit. So when the son died on the cross was Christ. But when he enters into us, the son becomes the spirit. Glory to God. So, first, he came as the son under the law to qualify us for sonship and to open the way on the cross. He opened the way for us to share in the sonship. And afterwards, 
had finished his finished work his, his work became in resurrection a life-giving spirit and comes into us as the spirit of the son therefore first god the father sent the son to accomplish redemption and to qualify us for sonship then secondly he sent the spirit of the son to vitalize to give us life to to bring us the reality of sonship to vitalize sonship and to make it real in our experience so today sonship actually depends upon the spirit of god's son and this is what galatians 4:6 says that god sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts actually the spirit of god came into our heart our spirit at our regeneration received the spirit of god into our spirit at our regeneration we read john 3:6 that which is born of the spirit automatically becomes spirit when you read romans 8:16 you have received that spirit so because our spirit is hidden in our hearts most of us we don't know where the spirit is the spirit is hidden in our hearts i'm not talking about this flesh heart that pumps blood i'm talking about the heart that is your inner uh, within your inner soul so First Peter 3:4 shows us that is hidden in our hearts. Let us read that verse in First Peter 3:4. Bible says, "But let it be the hidden man of the heart." So they are mentioning the hidden man, which is our spirit of the heart, in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit which is in the sight of God of great price. So the inner man is hidden in our heart. Now you know where the spirit lives. Your spirit lives in the inner part of your heart. Because the word in Galatians 4:6 refers to the matter that is related to our feeling and understanding both of which belong to our heart. This verse says that the spirit of God's son was sent into our hearts. Praise the name of Jesus. So, when you look into these truths, they are so much amazing. We shall continue with the twenty-fourth uh, work of God, which is giving life to the believers. He gave life to the believers, and I will try to rush because I want to complete it today. Romans eight eleven says that if the spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the among the dead dwells in your spirit, He who raised Jesus from among the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. The God of resurrection we see that who raised Christ from among the dead gives life, divine life to the believers mortal bodies, strengthen their bodies and even make their dying bodies alive through his spirit who dwells in our spirit. So it is by this that a believer can give life to a sinning brother as mentioned in 1 John 5:16 you can give life to a sinning brother because you have the indwelling spirit in your spirit. So therefore 
when you read 1st John 5:16 it shows that a believer can give life to another sinning brother so this brother does not give life to others by himself gives life to others by being one spirit with the lord as 1st Corinthians 6:17 declares therefore we see that he can impart through the life-giving spirit the lord is life to others in the fellowship of the lord is divine life this is why you have pastors, prophets, teachers, ministers, and even brothers that can minister life to others. Glory to God. So, God's work involved giving life to the believers, and we are still doing it as believers because we possess a spirit of God. And the 25th work is making the believers to grow in life. When you read 1 Corinthians 3, 6 to 7, Apostle Paul, the master planter in God's farm because that's what it's all about tells us that only God gives the growth to the believers the spiritual plants on God's farm are the believers we are the spiritual plants on God's farm which is the church and regardless of how much Paul can plant and Apollos can water, Pastor Goon cannot can do this, he cannot grow the plants it is only God grows. God is the only one who makes us to grow. However much I teach you, I cannot grow you. It is God that causes the growth, the increase. So, Because he is the unique source of life, with a unique life supply, is able to cause things to grow. So the growth God gives to us is the growth in life, which is actually and crucially needed for us to be transformed into precious materials, precious stones God is building as 1 Corinthians 3, 9 to 12 indicates because it talks about building stones, the precious stones. So this process, it is God that does it. Praise the name of the Lord. So, I'm continuing to the 26th point which is God's work in operating in the believers in life. Today, God is operating in us as the believers in our life. Philippians chapter 2 verse 13. Philippians 2.13 says that it is God who operates in you, both the willing and the working of his good pleasure. Now, when you come to the book of Philippians, it is a book showing us the way to experience Christ. Now, in this verse, it tells us that for us to experience Christ, God operates in us both the willing inwardly there is a willing and the working outwardly is the name of Jesus that we may live Christ as our life God is good pleasure as Christ did in his humanity he lived God as his life so we are going to learn to live Christ as our life please God because Christ did the same while he was here in his humanity God is operating in us to carry out our salvation in our daily life as indicated by the preceding verse in verses uh, 12. Even this is, you see, even in our murmurings, in our reasonings as pointed out in the following verse, because God is doing a work in us, an operation. And we need to come to know that he wants us to carry out our salvation on a daily life so he comes to work it out 
is the name of Jesus. Our last our last our last point is 27 meaning and saying that operating all things in the believers. Now, in operating all things in the believers, we are talking about the spiritual gifts now. He's speaking about spiritual gifts concerning the distributions of operations as 1 Corinthians 12:6 indicates. It says that it is God that operates in all things in all. He does the operation of the gifts. So in God's new dispensational work, he also operates all things, especially according to the context of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 6. Verse 6, the things related to the exercise of spirit spiritual gifts, the Lord's ministries, the God who is God the Father does the operation. The spirit the gifts are for the spirit, the ministries are for the Lord Jesus Christ. But to carry out is new testament economy in and through all the believers god operates all things in the believers according to his desire and this is mainly done in the church meetings through the believers functions when we function in the exercise of the spirit's gifts the lord's ministries in the church under god's diverse operations because each one of us has got a diversity in ministry So these are operate operations of God in us within the church. This is the way that God in his divine trinity works in the believers according to his new testament economy to accomplish his eternal purpose for the expression of himself in his manifestation. Praise the name of Jesus. Now you see that in these last minutes I've tried to rush you because I wanted to finish off this wonderful uh, message and I want to entrust you to God to help you to see these things in the mighty name of Jesus and you live that way God is glory may the lord bless you this is pastor Dennis Matov Freedom Experience Ministry Kampala Uganda